You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Uh, Psalm 11 verse 3. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Eternal Father, we ask that by your spirit, you communicate your truth again to every man and every woman in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the righteousness of Christ be revealed in all that we share tonight and let homes, let them stand on the truth of your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I allow them hand? Amen. Say it again. Amen. It looks like some are trying to boot. <laughs> Psalm 11 verse 3. If the foundation be destroyed. Now, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So number one, there is the possibility of a foundation being destroyed. And then the Bible talks about the fact that even though you are a righteous man, if you are on a wrong foundation or on a faulty foundation or on a destroyed foundation, there might be a problem. Now, verse 4 tries to give the answer. We can learn something from there. The Bible said, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his holy temple. That means uh, when there's a problem with the foundation, somebody has to go to the Lord in his temple to show what is to be done. I want to address some very important stuff this uh, afternoon, and that's why I'm starting on that note. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is in his holy temple, meaning that when there's a problem with the foundation, you'll go back to the one who can fix the foundation, and that is the Lord in his temple. Now, we are in the temple now. That means the house of God, the word of God, is a place where the truth can come, that can relate the foundation of uh, marriage. And the reason why I'm going this way is this. Many times, some of the messages that are being taught on marriage, and some of the things that are being said on marriage, they fall into the category of trying to work on the building when the foundation is already faulty. No matter how much work how much strength you exert on the building? If there's a problem with the foundation, uh, it's like an effort in futility. So, foundation is the most important thing, and it's where you look at. So, when you hear of couples fighting, when you hear of marriage, after two, three years, things are falling apart, arguments and fight. Maybe I should first of all say that the truth of the matter is this. A marriage that is full of argument can never achieve God's will for your life. There will not be peace within or without it's not a safe environment to bring up kids because likely, most likely, their lives will follow the pattern that you lay and you portray before them. So it becomes more than the comfort of the father and the mother. It is something that affects children and it configures them for what they are going to experience in the future. I have discovered that what parents don't tackle, you leave it for the children to fight. And the most painful thing about life is people watching their kids repeating the mistakes that they have made. I will never forget, I will, I will talk more to the singles about this. I will never forget when I was saying Antony, there was somebody saying opposite us, and I remember that she was so concerned. When she started seeing her daughter around me, she felt so concerned. I mean, she would react. She was a young lady that was in SS2 or so, and my friend started talking with her. We were just three guys staying, staying in the apartment together. I just came to Lagos then. So we, we took interest in her, and I started talking to her. 
trying to, and then she told us a lot of terrible things, you know. She told me what she used to do. I mean, I, she was in one of the most fantastic schools in Lagos then. But at that time already, she was, she was already passing from one man to another, saying matured men. She was just about 14 then, but then 14, 15, but then she was already around um, men, as a man. And I, I was like, wow, I mean, what are you looking for? You're looking for money, you are just a student. What's already going on in your life? So one of the days, I think the mom heard me preach somewhere. Then she actually discovered, oh, so this guy is actually a pastor. He's not just one fine boy looking for my daughter. So in the night, she came to see me one of the days. Just crossed over to the other side and came to see me. Said, we need to talk. Said, you know what I'm so concerned about? Her? When I was about her age, he said, I did things. She told me that, I said, before I gave her to her, I had three abortions. He said, but the sad part is that when I sit back and I look at my daughter, she is going my way. And I can't stand it. Say so things happen to me that when I see them, when I think about them now, they bring, I mean, the thinking about them is a kind of nightmare. Now, imagining my daughter setting herself up, going the same way, it's terrible. It's like, can you do something to help me? Help this girl not to go this way. Now, because the mother spoke to me in confidence, I couldn't tell the girl that, you see, you're embarking on the journey that your mom, painful. So, sometimes, when things uh, when we don't conquer things, we leave it for the next generation to fight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to read something that Jesus said. So about foundation. So I'm talking to married people, I assume, right now. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, let's read. Matthew 19. Matthew chapter 19. Amen. Verse 3. The Bible says, The Pharisee also came to him, tempting him, and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every reason? Now, this is a very interesting question because I was told that in those days, Malachi wrote about I hate divorce because Malachi as a prophet existed in the time when divorce was, a, if you study Bible history, it was a serious problem in Israel at that time. If a woman sneezed while eating with her husband, the husband would divorce her. Or he could, yeah. If a woman cooked and the food had a problem, yeah, if you read the Bible history, it's quite funny. They carried it. What Moses told them that you could divorce your wife, but you must give her a bill of divorcement. They carried it so far that they could do anything. So they, they knew what they were asking. Just like, can we send that away for any reason? And Jesus said, so the Pharisees said, Bible said they were tempting him. And they said, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? When you start asking the same question, you are also tempting God. Hallelujah. When a man begins to look for reason to put away his wife, you are actually tempting God like the Pharisees. The Bible said that they were tempting Jesus. So, it's very important to know that uh, there is no cause for a Christian to go that way. However, that is not to say God will not forgive those who have experienced that. But I'm just saying that there's no cause for a Christian to want to go that way. So, the Bible said the Pharisees were tempting Jesus. The very idea of that question to God, it was a temptation to God. And the Bible said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. So they said, can a man put away his wife? Now, I've explained before, and I want to say this to you. When we say put away, they find out put away is separation. But there are people who are living together and they are put away each other a long time ago. Some are put away their wives sexually. Some are put away in terms of communication. So there are different types of put away. There are marriages where though you see them together, but the communication is long gone. There are homes where what is keeping them together is just their children. 
they are put each other away. In fact, there are homes where husband and wife they already stay in different rooms. They put away, it's already at work. Only that it's not in full manifestation. Because this is Africa. For some, because of the fear of what people will say, because maybe they are honorable people in the church, or because they have a strong family that will say no to divorce, they are together, but they are put away each other. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, the Bible didn't fully define the put, but they said, should a man put away his wife for any reason? So, there can be a reason why you might put her away sexually. I don't want to have anything to do with you sexually again. Well, some women do that today. It's more common with women doing that to man. They are, she's angry with something, so she puts her husband away. Some men have put away their wife financially. And God sees all that. So he will never give her money again. Even though you see them coming out of the same house, you think they are together. But he has put her away. So the Pharisees said to Jesus, and then Jesus answered them by saying, no, Jesus didn't say yes or no. The next question is very, he answered their question with a question. He did not say yes, he didn't say no, but he said something quite profound. And he answered and said, have you not read? Everybody say foundation. foundation. Say it again. Foundation. They expected Jesus to say, well, you can put her away if she does this or that. But Jesus posed another question to them. The first thing he asked them is, have you not read? To have a wonderful marriage, you must read. Reading does not mean going to buy books on marriage. Though it's good, but not all books on marriage are helping. Reading means, Jesus is just trying to say something here. What information do you have about marriage? While I'm examining this, this is supposed to be uh, more applicable to the singles, but I'm addressing married people because there are many marriages that, that, that they are not built on the right foundation. Sometimes it, if the foundation be destroyed. Now, that you can move a car from one point to another does not exactly make you a good driver. Maybe you did it on a quiet road. Maybe you did it by chance. But what makes you a good driver is that you drive every day facing traffic, facing more in Lagos, and you drive successfully. But that a man just, if I leave some people with a key, now even though the person has never driven before, it, 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 some of them can still move it from one place to another. But when you do that regularly, then you are a good driver. Other days, even you might be driving recklessly, and other motorists can avoid you. So you still get to where you are going to. Not because you have driven well, but because others, because of common sense, avoided you. Have you avoided some people on the road before? You're just like, I don't want trouble. Let him just go. So, <laughs> amen. After somebody will come out of the lane and face you. You won't say, well, but some say that. But most people will just let the person pass because you just, you know that your argument will start, they'll bash your car, and then maybe you might end up extending punches them. So you'll let the person go. Now, so moving the car from one point to another does not automatically mean that you're a good driver. So, this same thing, <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? So Jesus said to them, haven't you read? So what information do you have on marriage? That was the first thing. Jesus was, the Lord was so concerned about their question that he looked beyond the question. And this question is coming from a heart. The reason why you are asking this question is you have read something. And it was right. So he said, haven't you read? 
But then he told them what he expected them to read. He said, Abu Turana, the one that made them at the beginning, made them male and female. Now look at the next verse. I love the Pharisees. It's Jesus said, for this girl shall a man leave his mother and his mother. Verse 6. The Pharisees are better than many people. In the sense that, no, verse 7. They still read something. They said unto him, why did Moses ahead? So the information that was in their head, unlike some people, at least they read something. But what they read was Moses. Who is Moses? In this regard. So who was Prophet Moses? So who is Moses in this regard? So if you are to be an examiner, you might want to give the Pharisees maybe 40. At least they read something and they quoted accurately what they read. So Jesus said, have you not read? They said, no. Moses said, oh, Jesus said, fine. I knew you read Moses. So I'm trying to get a, across to you a point that Moses was, uh, Moses' syllabus was the wrong syllabus. So in the time of Jesus, there were two syllabuses. Is there anything like that? I'll, what's pula for syllabus? Eh? Syllaba. Or what? I don't know. So I'm asking. <laughs> Somebody check. We don't only learn spiritual things in the house of God. We also learn. It's very important. I don't know. I'm, I'm just asking that. What is the plural for syllabus? English will help us. Or syllabus, syllabus. Syllabus, syllabus. Oh, interesting. Okay. Sorry, some people are saying syllabus. Some are saying syllabus. Oh. Oh, Father, thank you. <laughs> so, amen. You know, if this... Now, some people are watching me like I say, Ah, the pastor. <laughs> you know, some people, they are, the way their mind works, they will leave the message. That's what they will face. Ah, that pastor. <laughs> amen. Are you with me? So, what's the answer now? Syllabuses. They are both... Comp- comp- English is funny. Hallelujah. So they are both... Okay, I think I should just avoid the word. Curriculum. <laughs> Amen. Oh, anyway, whatever it is. Amen. It's interesting. Praise the Lord. So Moses... So God was saying that what Moses gave you was a substandard version of the original syllabus. So they are two... In their time, some Moses and Jesus said, No, you are not looking at the original one. Moses took the original one and probably extrapolated or not, did something or made some adjustments. So Jesus said, From the beginning, it was not so. Now, when they answered him and said, Moses said, It should put him away, Jesus said, So they said, Moses said, We should put it away. And no, go back up, up, please. Back to verse. Say, why did Moses say we should do this and do that? Verse 8. Then Jesus answered and he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffer you to put away your wife, both from the beginning. So Jesus said that. Now, this is the problem with the syllabus of Moses. It came from a heart that is hard. Or it was designed for people with a very hard heart. Moses thought that, ah, God's standard might be too heavy for these people to carry. So Moses downplayed. 
when they give you a very, very conk, uh, uh, um, what do you, when they give a very conk, this is that we use for Holy Communion, and then we dilute. Ribena. And then you think the taste is too sharp, and then you put water. Now, there are many things you do that too. You want to pour something, you don't want to drink straight, so you put water, you dilute it. So Jesus said, Moses saw that the original drink, the original syllable, the original standard was too high, so he gave you a diluted version. So Moses somehow, maybe when he was with God on the mountain and he heard the word, no, Moses was the one that wrote Genesis. When he saw by revelation, when God said in the beginning, and he saw how God made Adam, male and female, he created them. Ah! Moses looked at the Pharisees. He looked at the people. They were slaves coming from Egypt. In Egypt, they could marry many wives. Moses said that if we give them this standard, we are going to kill them. So he diluted it and he said, you know what? God wants you to marry. But you see, uh, in some cases, if you want to divorce, just write, write, make it official and tell her to go. So Jesus said from the beginning, it was not so. Let's come around. And I want to say this to us. So the only source are from, what did you read? They said Moses. Every marriage you see in people seated here today and people you see in your office and you see people around you, their marriage is built on something red. Now the question is how correct is the information on which your marriage is built upon? For some, their Moses is the culture that has convinced them convincingly that a woman should be put down. You know, what grace me is this. When people have accepted Jesus Christ, there are three realms. You can accept him as a savior and stay there. But you can move to a higher realm. When Jesus has become the Lord of your life, and that's what I want to go to. Lord means your methods are my methods. In the days where it was more applicable, you will go back to the ancient times when people will go to one country and conquer one country and then they will take slaves. A slave could not say to the owner, I'm a Buddhist, you are this, I can't follow. Once you are captured, everything the slave owner was doing, you must be part of. You lose your own will. So when you say Jesus is Lord, it means that beyond my culture, beyond my family background, your points are my points. Your opinions are my opinions. And I tell you the truth, many Christians have not gotten to that point. That is why if a Christian who is at that point marries another Christian who is not at that point, even though you are both Christians, you are going to have a serious problem. The word of God is not final authority over the lives of some people. Some other opinions are already embedded in. They've internalized some things and that is the final authority. I get what I'm saying. So not all Christians have allowed the word of God to be the final authority over their lives. So Jesus told them. So Moses can be. So but every marriage is built on something. Consciously or unconsciously. Some have been around people who have said that women, women, and you've imbibed that. A woman cannot be fully trusted. And it's here. Though you are in church, fundamentally you believe. For some men, ah, men are this, men are that. 
I was shocked when I heard a Christian sister who said, there is no man that does not cheat. The righteousness of God came me back. I felt like giving her a knock on her head. I said, you are insulting some of us. There is no girl under the sun that I've cheated with. Shut up your mouth. If you see, people have problems, they want to feel good by saying that everybody has that problem. You know, in school, you have failed. Say, all of us failed. It's a way of making you feel better. Is it possible for everybody to fail? So you are saying, oh, Lord, you see, that test was difficult. In fact, we all failed it. That now makes you feel better. So people, and one wrote on Facebook the other time, one popular lady that says, if your husband loves you, he will beat you. Nonsense. She's trying to hide the fact that she chose a man beating her. So make it look like, you say, a bitch because he's jealous of, that is, not all men. You know everybody, it's not, see, not even, there are even men who are not Christians, who will never cheat on their wife. They're all over the world. So don't make that statement and say all men. No. Say my husband. He say, face it. A problem that you deny will never be solved. So you say, is there any man that, is there any man, is there any man? I don't do that again now, but one time, some years back, I, I, I mean, I, I challenged a lady. She said something. Is there any guy that will ask you out now that will go, go out with you that will not ask you for sex? And I called five ladies in the church. I said, you know, I'm a pastor. I will never tell you a lie. All of these ladies married. I've been shut up your mouth and go and sit down. The question you are not facing is that where are you getting the type of men that as soon as they ask you the next thing that they want to go between your legs? Have you, you've never asked where you are getting them from. Because where you are getting them from, we actually from there, I mean, it will affect how they behave. And then you yourself, what kind of woman are you? That only those who are looking for where to put their stuff are the ones looking for you. What's the problem? I'm not saying that guys won't make advances to different people, but if specifically the only kind of people you are attracting, the only kind of people, you might need to examine an adjustment that you, you might need an adjustment that you have to make. Is it truth? Are you following me? If you're a beautiful woman, different men will go after you. No doubt about it. They will ask for you. They will do this. But if the only type, there's no sensible one that comes. There's none that comes that wants to be a partner of destiny. That is not there for sex. It's there for you. If there's none like that, then there's a problem. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Apart from showing the lady, those ladies, I now showed her some guys in the church not married. I said... I mentioned four guys. I said, this one, this one, they are not married. If they date you and they ask you for sex, call me bastard. I said, I give you permission. I am that, I am that confident. I can tell you, they are fine boys. They have their cars. They work. I said, if any one of these guys ask you out and is asking you for sex, don't come to this church again. Call us devils here. I am that sure of them. I said, because they are like me. That sure. Amen. Of course, I can't vouch for everybody in church like that. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm smarter than. But there, are, but there are people that I'm too. I mean, there are some people if you bring an issue against them in the church, I won't bother to look at it. I know them that they cannot do that. That's the truth. Because it's a seed that is inside that makes you the kind of man that you are not seeking for somebody to just. No. If you love her, there will be chemistry, no doubt about that. But why don't you obtain the certificates? And the property becomes yours fully. Isn't it like that? Uh-huh. There's no need. You don't need five-year courtship or four. If the thing is doing you, 
and you really love her, come to the altar. We are available. We join you. It's as simple as that. If you really love a woman, she will spin your head. No doubt about that. Emotions are involved. You might be around that at times and feel somehow. Yes. Then get married. We will join you. <laughs> so the rest of people are looking at me. Are you, are you, but are you, are you following me? So I'm still talking about, don't worry. I'm, I'm, a part of it looks like I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to married people anyway. So I'm trying to look at the foundation on which what we are doing is built. Because it will affect every other thing. You understand that the fact is, there's no seminar we are where you can talk about everything. Not even if you do a seminar for 13 weeks. But you see, each time we get out together, we look at one aspect. And what I have seen in, on Facebook and around is the fact that there are many faulty foundations, so they manifest. So I will start this way, or no one, I'll finish very soon. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, as Jesus was ending his parable and his sayings, then he told them about two houses. And I want to go to Israel crisis now. Listen to me. He went to two things. Um, my friend Shen Walker wrote on Facebook some days ago, and I saw that marriage issues are very strong. But I saw it deals with, uh, it, it teaches sexual purity. It used to be one of your girls in corporate affairs. He's not a pastor. Yet he would do a conference and 3,000 ladies would gather, even in the north. He goes to the north, free of charge, not afraid of Bukhara, man. He does the conference there. Last one he had in Jos, there were 2,800 ladies between age 15 and 30 years old that he's talking to. And he, he now said, he was talking out of frustration yesterday on Facebook. He said, shall we keep quiet? That was the title of what he wrote. And I saw a lot of pastors encouraging that don't keep quiet. He said, because there are girls who will tell that, say, don't do, don't, don't do this, don't do this for your marriage. And then they will say, yeah, as if you are making their life difficult by telling them to abstain from sex. So they will now go and marry. They will abstain from you, abscond from your meeting, go and marry, and post a picture on Facebook for you to see that when I was listening to you and I was rejecting those who wanted to sleep with me, I was single. Now I allow the guy. I'm happily married now. I say, you see, the Bible says, I think I said last week, there is a way that cement right onto the man. The problem is that the Bible says at the end, it's a way of death. It makes it terrible because at the beginning, if they had seen it, they might have turned back. But it's at the end that you discover. Reverend George, who is coming, remember, said, a lady had told him, but she, maybe you said this one, she, she was go, going out with a guy that everybody just knew that that guy was a player. And, it, and it, she, she came to tell the pastor, we, we've been married for two years now. They left the church and met somewhere for two years now, and he is behaving well. And the pastor laughed, said, two years, very short. He said, nobody's wishing you evil, but you see, the truth of the matter is that you cannot plant coconuts and replant it. It's not possible. Elders will know the way things will go by the time they are telling you. So it's not, you can't be going Lagos Ibadan and think that you are going to end up where, where, where? You want to end up in VI and you are, you are going down Lagos Ibadan. It's just not possible. Until you turn, you are not going, you're not, you're not going to end up in VI. So anybody who understands the road will just be looking at you. As you are going, you're like, hey, you get outside beggar. You look at the building. Eh? Oh, John, Ikoyi. <laughs> that looks like Ikoyi. They, I, I, and they will tell you, ah, no problem. You will soon realize. When you get to Moweba. <laughs> so there is a way that cement writes. So foundation. On which foundation? So here is it. When people are married, and I'm addressing everybody today, the first place you look at is, are you Moses 
or are you Jesus? Are you running Moses' syllabus? Moses represents every other thing that men are brought in as addition to marriage. A grief people when we say this, are Christians the only people that can have a good marriage? No. Understanding at times is bigger than love in marriage. And that's a very deep statement. Understanding of what? So when I talk inside the church, I am talking to Christians. There are women, by the virtue of their information given to them because of their religion, they don't have problem with their husband marrying second and third wife. They don't get angry. So many times, it is not about the activities going on. It is about what you believe about the activities going on. Did you get that? So from everybody here, it's an abomination for your husband to say once to my second wife. You can protest and everybody will support your protest. But in some other places, it's not so. You will look like the problem when you are protesting. Because they believe in second, third, fourth marriage. I get what I'm saying. So very so it's not about what is happening. It's about what you how you interpret what is happening. So now, so we have different types. So a person can be the fifth wife and be very happy with her husband by the virtue of the religion or the area they are. But what we are addressing is if you are among those who call upon the name of Jesus Christ, then it becomes necessary that you set up your marriage according to the laid down principle of the word of God. That's what we are saying. They don't get that. And we are going to look at the instruction given to, the, given by, uh, to men and to women, which is very simple. But I'm just saying this so that we all travel and then we get there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus said that from the beginning made them male, female. The first point in this marriage, all of us having a nice time in marriage is to understand that marriage was not the first thing God created. What he created first was male and female. Everybody in marriage must understand who is your husband, who is a husband, and who is a wife. Very crucial, very critical. What are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So the Bible says, Jesus said that he that made them at the beginning made them male and female. So the first understanding that a believer must have is who is a male from God's perspective and who is a female. What is God's definition of these two terminologies? A male and female. That's number one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the only, my, my prayer from my heart today is just that anything called hardness of heart will break. People come for seminar, they go back, the hardness of the heart is still there. And what, what Jesus' definition of hardness of heart is, anything you believe that is not according to Matthew, uh, uh, Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 2, when God created man and woman, any other belief that you believe, any other belief that is not rooted in that Genesis 2, it is not God's plan. Praise the Lord. You start to look at your neighbor. I just want that thing to so I'm, I'll try to check who is beside that. What exactly, can, can I ask the person, what exactly do you believe about marriage? Ask your neighbor, what do you truly believe about marriage? Thank you, Jesus. 
turn to another person and ask the person, say, please tell me, what exactly, what are your convictions? What do you believe, really, about marriage? Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you get that? Hallelujah. My main point today is this. About foundation. It takes a spiritual man to run a spiritual home. In reading out principles and steps. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Yesterday night I was praying about this and something very profound came to me. And I want all of you to pay attention here. If you are not, so I mentioned foundation, I mentioned information. This is the deep thing. The third thing is capacity. You might know the right thing. You have been in church for a long time. You know what the Bible says on how a man should treat a woman. But the capacity to do. So now, not reading is different from reading. That means not being informed about what the Bible says about marriage is one thing. To be informed, and now you know what the Bible says about marriage is another thing. Now, the third level is actually after being informed, to have the capacity to act. Christians who do wrong stuff in their marriage, they know it is wrong. What is lacking is that capacity too. Now, I want to address that. that that's what will lead me to Matthew 7, which I said. When you see crisis in marriage, number one thing you need to know is this. Jesus said that the storm came, the water, the wind blew against the house, and the house stood. Then he said, anyone that heareth the saying of mine, and he does not do them. It's like a man that built his house upon the sound, and then the storm. If you study the two houses, the same event happened to them all. Whether you lose your job and a man is nagging now, or a woman is pregnant, so listen to me very well. Situations don't change people. They only reveal what is already in people. So, I wrote something on Facebook, and this is all that my sharing with you this evening is based upon. You see, all you need to learn, which I'm going to say in a while, marriage does not go beyond what the Bible says, husband love your wife, and wife submit to your own husband. Ephesians 5 from 21, and that's where we are going. But we are building to read that, even though it's very simple, driving will never pass, steering, brake, accelerator, and gear. But here is the truth of the matter. Everybody, many people know theoretically what steering is and what it does, but not everybody can drive. A good driver is someone that understands how to apply these things. Even though you need brake to brake, but there is a way you press the brake. At times you press softly. If you press brake sharply, you can have problem. Even though that is what the brake is supposed to do, but the way you are pressing it is doing it in the wrong way. I get what I'm saying. So marriage is like driving on an, it's like driving a car. You are applying the same steering the same gear, the same brake on the express. How you do it on the express is different from how you do it around the bend. So on the express, you use more of accelerator and you speed. Situations in life, in your journey in this life as married people, there will be some situations they are like express. Everything is flowing and you're having a good time. In some other cases in your marriage, you can get to a point where it's like a bend. Sometimes you are around the roundabout in your marriage. At times you are around the pothole in your marriage. What makes a marriage successful and the other one not successful is that there are those, if you are unskillful, 
you start on the express. You drive if you drive the way you drive on the express roundabout, roundabout, you are sure to have an accident. Is that right? Praise the Lord. So when you get to roundabout, your your a little of acceleration, more of in how you handle the steering. Is that right? Because you are moving around the same the way you turn, and in some cases in driving, you also have to reverse. A man. When he loses his job, it's not the same as a man when things are flowing. Now, this is the truth. He has not exactly changed, but that situation is revealing another aspect of his life. Are you with me? The first two, three years, for some, even the first year, they're already pounding each other. But for some, they carry to second year. By the third year, uh, oh, Lord Jesus. I don't want to go beyond Sheila because I am like, we have another one that we talk. I'm trying to stay with the fact that what information are you building up? But there are many things which, are you, are you with me? Amen. There is a group of men. After two years into marriage, they begin to yearn for something else. Some have this inclination towards trying something new. It can subtly be brought into marriage. Where having sex with the same woman, I was teaching somewhere and somebody asked me that question. How boring is it, Pastor? <laughs> to keep doing it with just one woman, the same woman, night and day. That after 10, 15 years, are we wrong to yearn for something else? At times I can give a sarcastic answer. I was like, no, it's not wrong. It just also, she's been doing it with two also. So once in a while, it might be okay for her also to try something new. And the guy got angry. Oh, so. (laughs) I understand even though I just answered that way. In the sense that, averagely, listen to me, this one. Maybe you shouldn't even record this. I want to say some very averagely. Women, when they are married and the home is good and they are happy, she doesn't seek for anything outside. But it's not naturally the same for men. There are a group, there is a group of men, maybe like 20% of men. Sex is not a problem with them, as in they don't have a problem of lust or anything. Even if they were a non-believer, they wouldn't still cheat on their wife. But see, there are some other type of men. The energy is much. <laughs> and something builds up very fast in them. And I'm saying that sometimes it is what we have to understand. Because you need to understand yourself to be able to solve your problem. People that are like that, it can be difficult to stay put. Except by the discipline of the spirit. Because when a man is doing well financially... Now, the woman is doing well financially. Everything is stable in the house. They have the children. She's happy and she's satisfied. It's not so for many men. He is happy with the children and with the wife. But you see, with the increase in prosperity, also the increase in temptation to want to have something to do with another man. If somebody gets it, can you relate to what I said? I've just said now. Is that true? They don't want to answer. So that they won't suspend them. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So this is why women cannot understand when a man tells you I love you even with tears in his eyes and in the evening he's with another woman. 
you are moved by words. Men are not. A man can tell you what you want to hear at any time. And not tears to it. If I'm a, that doesn't mean... <laughs> so when you watch both foreign and local films, what Muslim men cannot understand is somebody that kneels and giving them flowers and telling them all the love in this world. And in the evening, he's on the bed with another woman. He just said what he wanted to tell you. Was he lying? No. <laughs> to say something and follow up on it, there are two different things. Somebody might be telling you truly, I love you, I will not betray you. It's not that the person is lying. But does the person have the capacity to do what he's saying he will do? I will never look at another woman. You are going to be my only woman. And when he's saying it, he might be serious and be saying it sincerely. But does he have the spiritual energy? Does he have the discipline that for 10 years, 20 years, that word is still intact? Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. How do I... You know, I'm also considering the fact that some people are not here. I'm trying not to uh, go too deep into some stuff. Family. But you understand foundation. That's what I'm saying. That. Let's just, let just stay with that. Uh, I will take questions. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to... Please get papers ready and give everybody an answer as many questions as possible. People are always deeper. You don't need to put your name so you can be free to ask anything you want to ask. They will give papers so you can write it down. You can write as you have the question now and everything. So, amen. I, I just feel like I should stop on foundation today. That I just say to all the couples here, whatever you are standing on, where is it coming from? In counseling people over the years, that is what I've discovered that in the heart of many people, there is a little deviation from the original plan. So what is the original plan? Apostle Paul came and he wrote, he said, husband, love your wife as Christ. It started by verse 21. Wives, submit to your own husband as the church is to Christ. The Bible is so wonderful that it doesn't leave you to guess work. Why you say husband, love your wife? So people will claim that, but I love her. So the Bible decided to give you an example of the kind of love he's talking about. Not the kind of family love. Not the kind of, the one we've learned from our parents, however good it might be or bad it might be. What the Bible is saying is that Christ's type of love for the church is what every man listening to me is supposed to have for his wife. And the Bible says that he gave himself for the wife. Oh, when you say this selfless love, it changes everything. And because the man is the head, you are to go first. This is very important. As Christ loves the church, so what we read, what our foundation is built upon, is that as a man that wants to, as a man that is married, or if you want to get married, but as a man that is married, the first thing is to go and study how does Christ love the church? In spite of all the sinfulness of the church, all the errors of the church, all the mistakes of the church, do you know that people that are married, those who have, those who fight and who have Christ, they are married, you think where there is peace, you think that their wives don't offend them. You think those of us who don't fight or say things, our wives don't offend us. It's about what we have come to understand. And you think women who take it lightly with their husband and act well at you, you think their husband don't offend them. 
It's about understanding and what you have come to accept. Here is what makes it difficult, and that's why I'm saying this here. Whatever I'm sharing today, if you are applying it alone as a man, you are in trouble. Even though at the end, God will change the other person. If you are applying it alone as a woman, so if there is in a church, and a pastor is teaching about husband loving wife, and he's explaining God's love that a man should demonstrate, like I'm about to say now, and a man picks that message, but his wife, no, the Bible is balanced. He told men what to do. He told women what to do. Now, when you are doing it, listen to me very well. I will say this more next week. This is where Christian sisters who marry guys who are you are going to have problem. Here, you are being rude. You are trying to love according to the God, according to God's word, but you are demonstrating to somebody who does not know the God that you know. You are already in trouble. You are in a deep shit already. It's true. Serious, messy, dirty stuff. And how many times have I seen this? I get what I'm saying. It's more, it's, it's, come on. I was preaching somewhere in the city and they told me, the pastor, the pastor, oh, this is hard because it's someone, the pastor couldn't call for service. His wife locked him inside toilets Sunday morning. This is not them. Say this is someone I know. Hallelujah. How many women are keeping themselves on the street and their husband is moving from one lady to another without remorse, without anything? And the question is, what less such to that? What is Abigail doing in the house of Laban? Or Nabal? One, one little point to solve things. And when you are in that situation, there is already a faulty foundation. Hallelujah. You know, I hear things and they bother me. I have spoken to married people. This lady told me, they've, they've separated now. They separated about four years ago. And she told me, the husband, I don't want to mention his name, he's a, he's, he's a gospel artist. And the lady told me, sir, in a mini flat, which he paid for. The guy's mom came one day and said that three brothers were coming to Lagos, they needed to stay with them. And they started saying, she didn't say anything. She paid for the apartments. Then these boys will eat and drop the plates. So one day she someone called you and said that, sorry, just call the name of one of them and please, I will keep cooking. I'm not complaining, but please, when you finish eating, I think somebody, you should wash your plates. They went to report to their mom and Wala started. From that simple thing, the day the guy would beat her up her husband, and when the pastor called them, he said, I doesn't respect my family. Is that really what happened? But say to him, that is his interpretation. He does not respect. I'm, I, will, I will talk to single people. You need to check, after checking the spirituality of a man, check his thinking pattern. So he will do unreasonable things. Education does not change thinking pattern. There is a way so people arrive at conclusion. It can be painful. But you see, they are persuaded that they are right. Even as a person, if you talk too much, they walk out on you. That is the way they believe matters should be treated. And the guy was talking, hey, 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 hey. he said, the problem is that my brothers came to stay with us. She doesn't want my brother. She doesn't want your brother. But for two years, she was one paying the rent. And she didn't want them. She didn't want them. But she was looking for them every day. She didn't want them. If you had met someone like me, I will finish him. She didn't want your brother, but she was looking for them for two years and she didn't want them. Something is wrong with you. 
if she should go and bring her three sisters also and put them in the house. And they tell you that we sponsor the... <laughs> but when she was talking to me in her tears, and then I looked at her and I said, so you yourself, how did you get... Did you check out this guy? And he told her one day. One of the days they were in a good mood. He said, I know that my brothers are really crazy, crazy but, but you see, my mom wants them to stay and they have to stay here. But before you got married, they were staying somewhere before. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everywhere I've gone to preach, sometimes you ask some women, where's your husband? He said, I told me, he just doesn't come to church. And I've seen that many times, actually. And then, this is how people bring in conflicts. Foundation. I just want the married people here to check on what are you built upon. Is there an information that is running your system that you got from maybe father or from culture, from environments? Or now a man should treat a woman or how a woman should treat a man? If they are there, it will not let the fullness of God's blessing in that marriage manifest. Except that thinking pattern is consistent with the word of God. This is very important. If it's not consistent with the word of God, it's going to create problems. I pray with this stuff that I've shared with you, I'm just praying that honestly speaking, every thought that is exalted against the knowledge of God. Anything that people have come to accept, but that it is not consistent with the word of God. You will leave it for the truth of the word of God to prevail. Christian marriages would have been a solid example. I remember when I was serving an NPC, one of the girls, full of, you know, fully job and everything. I was reading Pastor Bimbo's book on marriage. And when I finished reading, I put it on the table. My boss called me, so I went out. And then the girl picked it, you know. She didn't want me to know she was reading my book, so she was reading and she read. I was away for about two hours. She read the pastor. When I came, she didn't say anything immediately. After about one hour working in the office, working, she just said, hmm, copper. She was doing IT. But she was much older than myself, but she was doing IT. She said, copper. Now, is this what Christians believe about marriage? Husband, love your wife. Wife, submit. And together, you do submit one to another. I said, yes. She didn't say anything. After about one, I said, ah, he said, you guys are lucky. He said, you know, with us, it's not like that. He said that the man is in full control, everything. But you know what? I have found some Christian brother, they want it that way. <laughs> they don't like the fact that they control, I'm in charge. In charge of what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's read Ephesians, and I'll close with this. If we give you Ephesians 5, husband, love your wife, period. Those are the two things. Wives, submit to your own husband. Now, this is the big question. What does it mean to submit? Christian women, do you want to, do you want to have a good time in your marriage? Um, <laughs> I am one of the few pastors who actually believe if you are being boxed by a man, carry your load and leave. The Bible is not against separation. Separation is different from divorce. Save your life and leave. And we never consent to a woman staying in an abusive marriage. The lesson to teach some guys is to walk away from them. Let him go and remind. Let the second woman, after a while, we know that he has a problem. Sincerely. Are you following me? Um, some pastors are taking me up for saying this, that uh, so you ask people to, I'm not asking people to leave. 
but I'm saying that their life is more important than their reputation. When somebody is kicking them up and down, they should have enough sense to know that they should leave. It's better so that we don't go and bury somebody. <laughs> Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. Can we all say that once they say as unto the Lord? So, is your husband, they are husband and wife. They were actually in UI together. They didn't really know each other then, right? Uh, so, but God brought them together somewhere in Lagos. They met in church, and they decided that UI, 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 and then so I was the connecting point. I came to be a pastor. It was my pal. She was my pal, and then so they left me out, and and I'm out. Let's for God enjoy together. Well, so. What the Bible is saying is this. As Christ, what's the relationship between Christ and the church? Technically, he is more or less like a lord to his wife. Not lord in terms of a ruler. But the Bible says that the kind of reference you give your husband is how the church, the kind of reference that the church gives to the Lord. Then the Bible says, husband, Love your wife as Christ. Then the Bible dwells more on the husband by saying that. Let's read it down. I want us to read. Husband, love your wife. Go on, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. You are your wife's savior. Number one, a Christian man does not take a stand against his wife in support of his family. The Bible says you are the savior of his body. Jesus saved all the body. That's what you are to your wife. Now, let's move on. Next verse. Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wife be to their husbands in everything. Next verse. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm. Gave himself for it. Next verse. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with washing of water by the word. Next verse. That he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. This is deep. It's deeper than what I can say one day. This is a big assignment for men. But I should be only and without blemish. Next verse. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth to love it himself. Verse 29. For no man yet hated his own flesh, but nourished it even as the Lord, as the Lord the church. I want to end this way. When you discover rashes on your body, do you chop off that part of the skin? That's what the Bible says that I hate divorce. You begin to treat. You even sympathize with that body. You give him attention. When your wife develops what you don't like, the Bible says no man eats his own flesh. No man eats his own flesh. He nourishes it. That means you treat her until she becomes what you want her to be. In love. And by the word of God. This testimony. When that girl spoke to me, I sat back and I thought about it. So a few days after, I decided to talk to her about salvation. And she told me, she told me, say, if I get born again in my family, they will kill me straight. And she said, I've seen them do it before. He said, so it's not new. He said, but I can get born again on one condition. If you let me follow you to Lagos, I will change my name. They will never know me again. And then she asked me a question. Do you think we don't know 
that you Christians are in the lights? He said, we know. And she told me something that shocked me. He said, we know as Banawa in Kaduna. He said, they do four services, 30. He said, at times, because she was in Kaduna Polytechnic, he said that at times when the weather is very dark, that sister is very dark, he said, I sneak in into the church, I receive the word, I shout amen to all the blessings, and I run back to the hostel. He said, I was there, somebody mistakenly said it around my people that I saw you in winners, that I said me, I even abused Jesus just to prove that I was not the one. He said, but I was the one. She said so. He said, you think we don't know? Colonel Moyo said the same thing. He said, Colonel in the army. And he has tried to witness to many of these top shots in the North who are military officers. And they always tell him that, you think we don't know, but that's, I see we've reached a point of no return. People know. Things are scattering out there. This is why ours must be based on the truth of the word of God. And that's the reason for this meeting. Nephews, aunties, uncles, they come to your house. They see peace and joy. My wife's mom comes to stay with us at times. She has never, not even once, not once, not once. Nobody needs to call her before coming to our house because we have nothing we are hiding. Nothing. That is even if you meet me at home anyway. But nothing. This is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's wonderful that you are a member of HOD. There's no on one location that people come to settle fight in your house. And I'm telling you that the way to go about it is for you to check your foundation. It is not the pressure. It's not the pressure. It's not every time my wife says something I don't like. Her. It's not the pressure. It's about who are the two people married together. What is their foundation like? When the Bible started talking about it, this is the part I'm because it will lead me to more teaching. But let me just mention it briefly. It started talking about the chronology you see in Luke chapter, chapter 3. And the Bible said that this one, the Bible started from, if we read from um, Genesis 4, Genesis 5. That one is talking about the chronology going from, or this is 4 or 5. They started from Abraham. Abraham began this, and this one 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 began this. But the one in Luke chapter 3 started from bottom up. And he said that Seth was born by Adam. He said, Seth, the son of Adam. Adam, the son of God. That is deep. But I don't want to go fully into that today. It started with where Jesus was born. He was Jesus, the son of Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob. This one, the son, it started going up, up, to go back to the origin of man. And then he said, Adam, the son of God. Because when God created Adam, he created the man in his own image. See, all these things in the Bible, God spoke them, husband, love, and wife, as though talking a, to a man of God. A man of God, this, I'm not saying that a pastor. I'm saying that a man that God is at the center of his life. He is the only one that can love unconditionally and is the only woman that can submit unconditionally. This is where we find. So because God created man first, in going to the foundation of solving crisis in marriage, we must go back to the man. Who is the man that is the head of that family? Is he a man of God or a man of Moses? It, the husband was in Nigeria at that time, but the mother, husband's mother was with the woman over there. It, mother and created so much problem. And it's because we don't have too many men of God. So they came back. So they went to the hospital. So they followed the girl to the hospital. And when the gynecologist wanted to talk with her, he said, that, do you want, you know, that's what they were, do you want her with you or you want me to talk to you alone? I said that, I would prefer you to talk to me alone. Mama went out immediately. She just picked her phone and called her son. See, I wonder why people say things that will create problems at times. Call the son. 
You know what your wife did? Hey, she told me, what can, and they dragged, dragged. You know that the guy started calling our secondary school mates and our university to tell him the kind of life she lived on school, that she must be hiding something for her to have told the mom to go out. So he started digging old school story. Facebook friends. So he started calling. You know my wife when we you are Abby. So tell me about her. And then finally, see, he that search it, find it. So met somebody who told him, ah, that used to know the former boyfriend. What they did. <laughs> that the guy used her like. So in other words, you are with, uh, <laughs> not even fairly used, <laughs> mightily used. <laughs> and immediately, anger rose in this year. He was such a loving person. But then everything changed from that day until they went their separate ways. Everything changed from that day. Who created the problem? The mother. Now, see. They married. They were having a good time. Nobody talked about these things. Because she said the mother should wait outside. She, that was it. And truly, she had had about four abortions. You know, they will ask you your history. So she didn't want the mother to hear that. But see, the mother didn't hear directly. But the son did investigate. <laughs> I mean, and got all the answers. And that ended. A man that is a man of love will not look at the past. Especially a past that your wife has told you about. It's irrelevant. It takes a wicked man to hear a woman's past and now you are referring to the way you are married. So you think those who have good marriages, their wives don't have pasts. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Are you, are you with me? Is somebody with me today? Everybody say that you say foundation. If it is not in Ephesians, then there is a problem. If the problem is not manifest here, it will manifest. So the most important thing is quickly check and be sure that you are having this foundation as your foundation. I guarantee you that 30 years' time, your marriage is still intact. Others will be wondering what is going on, but they see that you seem to have this peace around you. And this is the best gift that you can give to your children. If a man that is a man in this abortion, and I've seen a few in the church, even if you lose your job and you are down financially, it's just, it just, it just for a little time. If you don't lose your calmness, if you don't lose your, if you are still the man at home, in no time you bounce back. If there's a setback in that family and the house does not fall because of the setback, you will get whatever you have lost back. It is true. Very true. Very, very true. One time I was in my office and a dear sister in nature brought somebody to me and it then broke my heart. Please, when I say story, that's why I don't mention and I don't give a clue to know what I'm talking about. It, uh, so, just do as if you two, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's better. So, I, I will never mention anybody's name. Whatever you tell me. So, when I say somebody, that's the best I can say. Somebody, and for every case I mention, I've seen many cases like that. So, you don't, don't, don't even know what I'm to say. The lady came to see me and she brought somebody. My they were here to be. They were here to celebrate their first year in marriage. It happened less than six months ago. I was so disappointed. I felt like, can I see that your husband? I said, which church does he go to? And she told me the name of the church. Honestly, I didn't know when he came out to me. I said, some guys no matter. Nine months, she's not pregnant, and he told her, if you are not pregnant in the next three months, that's the end of the marriage. So when she first said that, that I said, why are you here? The first said, my husband is threatening me. Threatening you for what? He said, this one. I said, well, even after 20 years, she's not threatening. I said, but how long have you married for? He said, that nine months. 
Then I asked her friend, but I said, sorry, you know the two of them. Do you really think he loves her? And he said, I said, let me tell you the truth. I don't care his external activities around you. He does not love you. That is not love. Nine months. I know in Africa, once a woman is not pregnant, they assume that is the woman's problem. As if, so, so, oh God, I've seen things. They drag this, I've seen another woman that they force, force, force to go to the hospital. Only for the doctor to examine the other and say that the man was the problem. He now started begging. Ah, mercy, mercy is strong. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, a few times, you wish that, ah, maybe I should stop being a pastor for a while and behave. I feel like saying that. So, so what does he want again? He walked away for a while. He did all sorts to you in the house. Abusive words. Family coming to talk. Finally, you agree to go with him to the hospital. Now the problem is with him. now coming down. Do you really think that that person has the love of God in him? He's an opportunist. So if, if the doctor has said you were the one, uh-huh, she will push you out. He will push you out and get someone else. Now that he's the one, he wants you to forgive. It's pathetic. The love of God. We don't only, we don't even marry for children. Your conviction should be that you love this woman. Whether we have children together or not, I still love you. Those who are like that, eventually God will give them a child. It is true. Hallelujah. See, there won't be rain next week. No, it, it doesn't follow Sunday after Sunday like that. So she's asking for the, the, the singles. But really, it doesn't follow. When there will be like two Sundays in a year or three that rain will fall. Uh, pastors don't like Sunday morning. I don't like it. But see, I don't pray against rain because, number one, if it's Sunday morning, I'm not the only one. Other pastors are praying, so let God answer their prayer. So I don't pray. Amen. Then number two, I believe that, see, um, the day Jesus appeared to Kenetagin in their church, it was a service that rain disturbed and there were very few in the church. I've seen that when we were before that. We were praying one day and the anointing of God was so heavy that everybody was on the floor because it was a small meeting. That was supposed to be, but people couldn't come because there was rain. Where some people live, it will be almost impossible to come out during rain. So we have to understand that rain, rain are blessings. So I pray this morning during the service that God will stop Lagos from being flooded. I know that by tomorrow we start reading headlines, but I pray in particular for protection of lives and properties. Anytime you see rain like this in Lagos, it's always, some people live in an area where, oh, so, so that's it. When I was saying during the survey, I was talking to the sound engineer that pulled this one. I didn't know what it was now. He couldn't come out of his house because of rain. I'm going to tell my after, so I said, I understand perfectly. Really, you are not mobile yet. That's why every Christian should have a car. Is that right? So I pray for everyone to be blessed to have a car. Anytime there's Sunday morning, my heart goes to members of the church who don't have cars. I saw some of them walking into the fully drenched. I mean, quite a number, maybe hundreds of them this morning. I saw some people coming in and they were wet and it touched my heart deeply. And in my office, I was just like, Lord Jesus, if not for this, if just for this, keep these people cars. Some of us, it's very easy for us to easily hop into our car and be driving in and there, but some people, it's not so. Some people, the bus stop is even very far from the house and then they think of those who have children. Really, honestly speaking. It's, um, office will demand that they come to and know that they go to office, but I sympathize with I just pray, Lord, just do something to help them. Hallelujah. Amen. So I will talk more to singles. Can I take questions? Have you heard me this evening? Yes, sir. I felt that I, my points were not, I just moved around. <laughs> Amen. 
What led to that was that actually, you know, I have a heart of compassion. When I came out today, I said to myself, this is about defy the rain to be here. Let me share some things with us, but let me not go into too many things because we will have another one where uh, maybe if I one of these, they will do one Sunday morning. We just talk to Mary and then the followers will talk to say, we've done it before. There's so much to say. There's so much to say. I have wept. I told you before, just about, it's less than three months ago now, I was in some people's house. Dear ministers of God, and they're about to be separated. I sat down with their sitting room from 6 o'clock till 2 a.m. I drove out of their estate 2 a.m. And after I left, there was another pastor with us. His, his church is an our lover. He, he also was with us. And when we left, he just said that, ah, he said, what have we achieved? He said, nothing. I went home crying. Because two days after, they told me that they were still going to divorce. I just sat back and I said, the hardness or Sometimes some people find it extremely difficult to say sorry. Sorry that will cure the marriage. They don't want to say it. So I, I cannot apologize. I cannot. What does it take away from you to apologize? Some people are married, they are more lonely than those who are not married. A single person at least knows that he's single. Miles Bruno wants to talk about this, and it is true. A single person can call a friend. I mean, you are a lady, you can call a friend. Now. Maybe a male friend, a female friend. Now. Can we just go to Right Choice together? Can we go to Talazan? Can we go somewhere together? Nobody restricts you. Or see, you are married to someone that is grieving you every day. Communication is broken down, yet it will be used against you if you call a guy to go out with you. You understand what I'm saying? So you are trapped there. So that kind of loneliness is terrible. So it makes marriage something that a person cannot rush into. Hallelujah. I will leave you with this. If you are married there, you and your wife, you should be praying together regularly. If you are not praying together regularly, you will not walk in the strength that you should walk in. Actually, if you are genuinely praying together, it will solve a lot of problems. It will. Yeah. Marriage is the best place to practice forgiveness. It's the best place to practice forgiveness. You just have to forgive. But the person will step on your toes too many times. But when you're always praying together and you talk after praying, it will help a lot. You must pray together. You must build that prayer author. It's the first thing the devil will seek to say that you don't have. If it's not convenient for you in the morning, pray in the night. It doesn't have to be morning. When you come back or wake up your wife and say, dear, let us pray. You must pray. It's very important. Every morning, except I'm not in the house, every morning, I lay my hands on the kids with my, with my wife together. We pray, we pray for them. But you know what? Believe me sincerely, I go to bed 3.30 a.m. at times. My wife is a banker. They leave. They are going out of the house 6.30 in the morning. I am just about to start sleeping. You understand? You are sleeping, going to bed 3.30. I'll first of all toss to and fro on the bed till 4. Every morning when they wake him up, it's with agony. But it's a rest. I have to. So she's dressing up. I'm just number one. And she's dressing up and she's putting like. So she greets me every morning. But I love her and I don't complain. Sometimes I say it jokingly. Because she's putting on like the one I, the only one I've told her to forgive me. So at times she will now be like, you see, we have to talk about something. I'll say, well, dear Lord, for Christ's sake. I said, call me later. You have phone, I have phone. I said, must we talk now? Because she wakes up and she's already singing, playing a message and happy. As he told her this, when she was playing the message, I left. So she was playing the message. I slept very late yesterday because I was praying. And in the morning she was playing Reverend Fukiade Juma's message. I just said, can you please reduce the volume of that message, please? 
And then instead of reduce, she switched it off. At first, she was a bit offended. I just said, oh. <laughs> So, once they finish dressing for the kids, they are rushing to my room. They are going to bang the door, blah, 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 blah. So, they come in. And as soon as they come in, they jump on me on the bed. But you know what? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to be there. They scatter the bed. You know, you know the way children are. They will tell me at times, when I go in there, I say, Daddy wants to come and spend time with you. And they will start making promises. We will not scatter your room. We will not do this. As they are telling you, they will not scatter the room. They already, I said, you are already scattering. She was jumping on my bed. I said, I will not. I said, what are you scattering my room? I said, no, come, come and go to your room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anytime I have them in my room, you have to, you have to reset everything. You know when you have kids around you, you are talking. Leave that watch. Leave that corner. But you know what? I love it. I will end up sending them out of my room. But the joy is that I am happy I have them. It's a blessing. Amen. Some people are praying to have that. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. I will never beat a kid for smashing my phone to the ground. Sometimes it's painful. But it is more painful not to have them. So we try to pray every morning. It's very difficult for me. We try to pray. And we do that every morning. Including this morning coming to church. Sometimes it can be very short, but we pray together as a family. It helps. It helps. My wife was not a manager in a bank. When we were building a branch close to our house, I was going to drop her that day. I don't drop her. Paul does that for me. Because once we finish praying together and they go, I'm going to sleep. But because they woke me up, I cannot sleep for more than one hour more. So when they leave by 6, 30, quarter to 7, by 7.30, I am up myself. Sometimes I don't go back to sleep again. So a bit of Eddie for some filming, then I become fine, then I come to office. Then, so Paul, so that day, the person, somebody traveled. I told me, you know what? Apart from waking up for prayer, you are dropping us today. Of course, I first grumble. I said, if I drive to your office, she was on Allen then, Allen Avenue, and come back, sleep will disappear. I slept three o'clock. Now I'm awake six o'clock. I'm just like thinking. So I went, and as we we're going, of course, what she loved about me dropping her, talk. I may have told her, I said, I don't like talking in the morning. She will start with something serious that you have to respond to. Then in one day, I said, why is it that when you open the door, once you start, and I answer, you are going to, what is was talking to my idea, sir? She said, but I said something that had to do with church service or something. I said, yes. That if I answer, another question will follow. Then another then that's how you will start talking. And I don't want to talk. So we're going that day, and we're talking. And then she said, I look at that branch, that first bank branch. That this branch is very close to the house, so that traffic cannot affect any. I said, This is beautiful. Just a few minutes from the house. And then we just joined our hands together and prayed. And I agreed that, Lord, when they finished building this branch, we didn't even pray that God should promote us. I said, Lord, let them bring her to this branch, transfer her to the branch. And two weeks after that, so she went for a meeting. And one director just stood up and said, Hey, you, Abby, the new branch there, they just completed it. Go and become the. You said, Go there. I know you cannot do the branch. And she was like, sorry, I'm not even a manager. I said, we'll make you a manager now. So go there. That's how she became a manager. Say you're a manager now, go there. And she got there. After a short time there, they moved. It was a new brand. The money wasn't flowing more. So they moved out to Ojodu. And they said, because we've stepped you up as a manager, we can't step you down again. So remain a manager. So God just used that brand to promote her. 
Because every day she will come back from that island. Her, BB, her manager there was frustrating her. And she will complain. The first correction I told her that don't complain. Give praise to God. Don't complain. Just thank God. And that was it. And I started trying to see that what we held hand and prayed over, driving, I was driving praying in two minutes. Sometimes some people go to the mountain for a long time. How much will you achieve when you start praying with your wife? Some men have locked up like you are put away your wife from your business. She's not part of it. So you are praying and you are praying. Pastor God, you told me that I was praying one day and the thing was hard. He couldn't feel the gusher in the spirit. He was praying. And he just invited the wife to join. He had prayed for three hours, no breakthrough. She joined and in 20 minutes, everything. This is why the devil stands between couples to make sure they fight. This is why you have to get it right from the beginning. That you marry somebody that you can pray in harmony with and you are happy. It has a lot to do with your future. By the time you start praying for your children, they are investing, they are abroad, you will know. Olubi just, Paul Olubi was telling us about this in minister's conference. The children are now, they, are, they have their grandparents, they have, they have their own, the children have their own children now. But you see, they are still so connected, say, because every day myself, we spend one hour praying for all our children. Every day. There's a level you must reach. They have the best school in the Barrow International School. How many of you know about Life Arts? Yeah. Also, there was a time they, they took loan from bank. Everything was going to end. And the bank was going to get the school from them. They called each other and they sat down on the floor of their room and began to pray. They locked up themselves. They didn't talk to anybody. By evening, a man walked into the same bank, saw the decision the bank was about to make against them and said to the bank that, I will bankroll it. You haven't seen mighty move because, because you're using all the energies to argue and fight. But when you start praying, the best thing a woman can do is to get your husband to start praying with you. He must pray. He must pray. Say, sweetheart, we have to pray. You must get your husband to pray. When you start, number one, it eliminates strange women straight away. You as a woman, you will start picking things before they happen. Women are more sensitive than men. Even though they use many of them at times to suspect. But naturally, they are designed by God to see what a man does not see. That's why the Bible says, woe to him that is alone. How many married men are still fighting their battles all by themselves? A time will come, your energy can't carry it anymore. And you might have created enough gap between you and your wife that she's not even interested in praying with you. There are some women now, I've seen some among my, my, my father's friends, they hate their husband now. But then, they are just there in the house. Say, your father, your, your, that's how they tell the kids, you know, I go and meet your father, he's in the room. The love has disappeared. But for us, it's a new day. Someone blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take some questions before we go today. And if they are, if they are watching and they've sent some questions, you can project them on the screen. Okay? And if you want to ask, you want us to know, it's your question. Raise your hand. Be bold about it. Can I please take the remaining two mics? Anybody that has a question? Okay, my brother over there. Usually in every meeting we've had each other, that's how it starts. 
initially nobody wants to ask. After a while, it will be difficult to stop them from asking. The question will just start flying. Woman is always look for somebody to start something. Okay, yeah. Just make it brief and straight to the point. Yes, you already asked the question, but I don't think you answered it. Yes, the sir. The one of um, men who became prosperous and then in a bit of that, they, their eyes get open to bad vices. Yeah. You've not okay. answered it. That's a very deep question. Well, I will say it this way that, um, okay, if I will give this example, when I was in school, I remember that a particular person, some of, one of her friends in UI, people followed him home and they discovered that the mom was still a secondary school leaver and the father was a professor in UI. When they married, when they met, and the woman, when they met, they were both, they left secondary school. One was teaching in a local school, the father and the mother was selling something. And the father began to develop himself and to develop himself and to develop himself and the mother wasn't doing that. By the time even the friends that followed their mom, they were ashamed. They saw the mom watching Yoruba film with Rapa Adire, Sada, the city room there, a wife of a professor. They felt bad. So there was the gap. Now, I will say that prosperity comes with you. So when you are, actually you don't know who you are until you prosper exceedingly. It's true. Somehow, um, poverty helps people to be humble. <laughs> so you don't really know a man that is humble. It takes, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't know, I think somebody wrote something on Facebook. He said, why do, uh, I don't know how the, the apostle puts it, that um, faithful boyfriends don't cheat. Those who cheat are not faithful. And then somebody answered, something like, you need money to cheat. <laughs> now, naturally, you are living in one-room apartment, a mini-flat, you are with your wife, you can barely survive, you are barely surviving, things are not very okay. Um, you don't really know who the man is then. All of a sudden, he wins a contract, he becomes a multi-millionaire, he can spend the night in Germany and the next night in France, and then he can afford to stay in the best of hotels. There will be some temptations that will come up. Now, the discipline he has instilled in himself is what will help him, really. So as a man rise, your options in life are more. It is true. As a matter of a naturally, women gravitate towards a successful man. In some cases, you are not even the one looking for them. They are the one looking for you. You will always have, especially you have money, then you have character. I told the lady, the day a lady told me that married men are more responsible than single men. She said, so I don't do singles, I do married men. She said, they have children and they are reasonable. He said, boys just want to use. He said, married men, they have family consciousness. So they are family conscious. So it's true. So some temptations will come because you are successful and your, your discipline has to be deeper to be able to say no to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Brandon, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Uh, just want to ask two questions, um, very quick. Um, sir, what is your take? Should a child of God, okay, well, maybe in particular COVID, they seem to have uh, a, a kind of challenge with their sex life. Okay, and you feel that, okay, well, as a child of God, you can't go outside. And is it good for a child of God to now engage in? Um, watching pornographic movies to be able to learn 
to be able to okay overcome whatever challenge they have you, as sir. Christian mm. couples. Mm. To be able to enhance whatever thing they have and but should a child of God engage in that. Then secondly, yes, there was a, I, some weeks, some like two months back, I read on the internet about um, there was a particular lady. She was talking about um, a man um, for for health reasons that a man should have sex like twenty one times at least, not less than twenty one times in a month. <laughs> yes, I can. I, I can. I, I don't know where it's. Yes, I go. I understand. Sir. It's I'll there. Understand. It's there on the internet. I. <laughs> I was surprised because honestly, that was the first time I, I read something such. like that. And as, as in that, even if you want to achieve that through masturbation or anything, but at least for health reasons, that will help to um, avoid um, prostate cancer or something like that. No, and as God, I, I was just like, one, I, the devil started, you know, that's one thing with words. What you read, yes, what you read is who you are, you know, yes, and. The devil started bringing up. I'm telling you, different ideas. I know, but I just said no. But somehow, I just the Holy Spirit just said, "Okay, no, let me just say that." Since I'm asking the question, and I was just like wondering that. Okay, should a child of God, you know, we are read, reading, doing that as in for for health reasons? Yes, sir. You know, now going to masturbation just to ensure that at least all of that is there, so that there won't be a lot of accumulation of that and all of that. Yes, semen sir. and all of that. So, <laughs> so what's your take, 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 sir? I got your point, sir. I will yes, start sir. with the second one. Number one, um, dietitians, health people, doctors, consultants, they say all sorts. Uh, they've said that we should not eat panayan, we should not eat goat's meat, we should not eat this one, we should not eat that one. Um, there might be a bit of truth to what they say, of course, from a medical perspective, but it doesn't bind on us like that. So I've read something like what you said before also, but where I usually, easily I debunk some of those, when I look at the fact that from generation to generation, people have lived without doing all these things and they live all their full life. So it cannot be a universal law in that sense, number one. Number two, as to the frequency of sex between man and woman is between the two of them that are married. So um, when people say all those things, they are trying to get us to follow a particular line they are laying down. And it's not really so. So it doesn't have to be. So that so then the first one about watching pornography stuff for couples who feel that their sex their sex life is not very. Uh, the problem with pornography stuff actually is that, um, in I don't want to. I don't want to sound to some people, like, I'm trying to, take it into deep spiritual things. Boy, it is. The sincere truth is this. Number one. There are uh, two dangers with that. The first danger with that is the fact that ma- the man in question in particular is likely the attraction will be towards some of the women you are seeing. Something will develop in your soul beyond your wife. And that has been proven times without number. There was a couple that they, they, uh, Bishop Mike Hoko was talking to. They came and the husband was on, on the fact that they need to work this and he warned them and they went... So they started watching pornography. The wife was even the one talking that it will help us and everything. A few months after she came back to the office crying, she got to one day, their maid and the maid of their neighbor. The man was performing oral sex and everything. And what he was saying, the soul of a man never stops to expand when we are going after something. As, we, as a person exposes himself to that, he wants to repeat everything going on there. One, 
which will be wealth and will lead to a lot of things. Secondly, the infatuation will be towards the women in that picture, in those films, not even with the wife alone. Then after a while, we discover that the wife does not have the kind of breast some of the women there they, do, they have. Then after a while, the woman does not have the kind of shape that some of the women, it will keep longing for, it's going to expose the family and get them into trouble. So it's better for a Christian to stay away from that. Amen. Hallelujah. There are Christian books on sex that can be read and they can help. All right. Yes, sir. Um, Maybe you can project the question once they send the question. Now I'm uh, enjoying the meeting now. I once heard that um, yeah. as a man, you shouldn't be, keep friends with your exes. Okay. Now, Somebody a, you once dated, now that yes, you're married. now you're married, you should, should not keep, keep friends because okay. there's tendency to have a rebound. Okay. So what is your view? Like, as a pastor, I know you have some friends that you had before and you get married now. Are you still friends with I said I have ex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, actually. So I'm just asking. <laughs> well, yeah, I was still with one on Thursday. When I was the investor of Ibadan, they are both, the people are solid Christians. So I cannot, it's, it's for my own room, I not go for anybody because my rule, when I was a vessel of Ibadan, I got born again in secondary school, so all my life, in that sense, I got born again as a young guy, so I did not have the opportunity of exploring all those things. So when I was in UI, there was this lady that was going out. She was, I was the pastor of my fellowship. She was the vice president of another fellowship. We used to fast together on Monday. We used to pray. That was all we did. We were friends. Yeah, we were all and but praying, that was what characterized the relationship. We're together for three years, and then we broke up. Yeah, she was angry. She actually said that was I was, um, what was that? Well, she, many, some, not many allegations, one or two allegations. The major one was that I, there were several women close to me. She just kept thinking that she would lose me to another woman. She said it one day, and I said, if you continue to think like that, it will happen. Only, <laughs> then secondly, Maybe I too was impatient on some things. And I was, maybe I was too spiritual for it. I was like, we should go and watch film. And I said, me, go to watch cinema. No. Now, what would I tell the ages I'm doing? Now, that doesn't mean it's wrong to watch cinema. But I know she grew up abroad, you know, she grew up abroad. This, before she came to here, this, my father was one time an ambassador. This uh, foreign kind of, she speaks French very well, foreign kind of life and everything. But you see, the, problem, the issue is that. On, on, on Tuesday before the island service, she just put to bed her third child. I went to check her. I told my wife that I was going to see her. When we got married, she was the first person to come and visit us when we got married. After we separated and there was fine, she didn't like it. We left and everything. Went to, I went to serve. Later, we met and became friends and nothing. Since we did not go deep into anything, there was nothing. You understand? So, nothing. Uh-huh. But if we had... If, so, for people who have been deep... It's not very advisable. It's not that every guy that is close to the ex will do anything with the ex. It's just that the Bible says flee from all appearances of evil. So not even evil itself, an appearance, whatever looks like evil. So it's just better to avoid. Then number two, you see, in marriage, you don't do something that can provoke the other person. It is common that sometimes the man complains about something and the woman keeps doing it. I have corrected people with each other. Why do people do what your partner is complaining about? You keep doing it. Your partner says, I don't like you going to, and then you keep going there. Even though 
let someone else now unravel why are you saying she should not go. I get what I'm saying. But first of all, there should be obedience. Then if your wife is complaining repeatedly about something and you are doing it, that means there is no love and you are not considerate. So when you are close to your ex, it will, ex, it will be a threat to the person you are married to and it should be avoided. But if it's with the person's consent and you know that the friendship is pure and she doesn't have a problem with it, fine. The person just make sure that there's no problem. So that's very important. But I can tell you the truth. Most women will not take it. Now, we say women. Men are more jealous at times. Most men will not take it. That they so, and the person should. I've seen a stream of these cases before. Uh, some of these cases before. This part, like I've seen a stream of this case before. That the, the girl was going out. She didn't even go out with the girl. The girl was always on her neck asking her when they were in Oso, Oso State University. She's a pharmacist now. And then she said no. And when she met her husband, she told the husband about this guy. This guy tried, tried, tried. The girl said no until he went to South Africa. Now she met the husband. They got married. She was going for a conference of pharmacists in Abuja. And at the Abuja airport, she met this guy who just came into the country. The guy stood with all of them, a group of 14, and they, take, they took group photograph. They took a group photograph. And she put it on her phone. One day she was not in the room, and the husband went to the room and was going to her and saw the phone, saw the group photograph, and saw the guy there. He didn't even tell her anything. Entered this car and drove to her, her, her father's house. And told the father that when she said she was going for a conference, she went to meet her ex. Now the guy came to, and he built a narrative. The guy came from South Africa. He knew that I would catch him in Lagos. So they agreed to meet in Abuja. She, no, thank God for something. Thank God for the wisdom of God. I always say people should tell the person you are married. If you are about to marry, tell the person everything. This girl came to my house. And something happened between her and someone, like a pastor to her. And she came to give me the wedding name, and she asked me that, is it everything a woman tells us? I've told him almost everything. He said, but there's this aspect of my life that something happened once between me and somebody. I've repented and I've said, it happened just as, I was, as we started dating. And I've left that behind me. Do you think I should tell him? Honestly, my policy has always been that, please, tell people, because... Later, when they get to know, if you don't tell them, especially somebody that's looking for excuse to break up with you or to cancel relationship, it will break it and say that, hey, why didn't you tell me? I got to know. So how many more things are you hiding? You understand? But that day, I just felt, it's good to listen with the Holy and I said that, ah, I just felt that she should just keep her mouth shut. If she had told that guy, the marriage would have ended. But that was the guy that now took the picture. I've never seen an insecure guy like this guy before. So the father looked at the picture. The father was wondering, what are you saying? This is a group of 14 people taking a picture with one man. He said, the man came to Abuja too. So you mean all, all the 14 of them? So she paid for their flights to go and meet her boyfriend. She carried 14 other ladies. I mean, I'm going so. So later, he now started begging her. He was sorry. His emotion took a... Some people behave like idiots, honestly. So, but then, so, so I'm just saying that. So that's an extreme. So, amen. Next. Yes, ma. <laughs> so when you're talking about um, praying, couple praying together. Yes, ma. And I was thinking about what about when your times for work are not together? Yes, I mean, I'm saying, you know, the time he comes home, the time I leave, you know, because yes, when he comes home, I'm in deep sleep. But I, I pray for him, and I know he even sends me prayer on the phone and all that. But we must pray together. Yes, ma, there must be a time to pray together. I was going to say, even if it's uh, over the phone, the sincere truth is, as a matter of fact, ma, 
I wanted to say something funny, but I'm a pastor. Let me not say I think you have an idea of what I wanted to say. We have, somehow we do some other things together. Some other things together. <laughs> However busy couples are, they find time to do some things together. They <laughs> Why are you all like this now? So, <laughs> they must also create time to pray. Honestly, that's the truth. People get intimate together. They create time for several other things, so they, are, they must create time to pray. Now, in this case, because in that sense, intimacy is not, sex is not regular for some people, depending on the older people get, the more that drops. <laughs> but some people, there's fire in their bones, 24, no matter how old they get. But I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> so that is to say, um, even if it's, if you begin with once in a week to always pray together, and step it up to twice in a week. Yeah, but there must be a regular time of praying together. It's important. Amen. Yeah. That's one. Um, yes, ma. Sorry, are we projecting questions? Do you have some written questions? Please write if you don't want. Don't put your name. We don't want anybody to know it's your question. They will pass it. We won't know where it's coming from. So, okay, we'll come back to that. Let me take. Um, okay. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma. Fine, ma. Okay, this is about my husband here. Okay, ma'am. Um, and he's right beside you. Right beside you. <laughs> okay. Okay, this has been happening for 20 years. Wow. When we, anytime we have any maybe challenge, we always sort it out on our own. We don't really have any serious issue that we cannot handle. But there's this particular one. When I'm angry, he says, I, I'm sorry so easily. And I'm not just ready to be Okay. I need like five minutes. I understand. I'm sorry. Don't, don't just don't. It doesn't make it just okay immediately. Yes, I ma'am. want like five ten minutes to be okay. Yes, sir. And when I'm not okay in that five ten minutes, he doesn't want to be okay again. <laughs> and this has been happening from our youth service days to today. Yes, ma'am. I still don't get okay immediately. Yes, I just ma'am. need five ten minutes, and he still get angry when I'm not okay. He wants me to be okay immediately. When he says, I'm sorry, I should just be okay. So, I, Pastor, what do I do about that? I don't know. You, you, it's been an issue. There's nothing. You have two types of temperaments. Naturally, you are not the only one. There are many women like that. There are many of them here. If, if I, many times, oh, she's like that also. He's saying that his wife is like that. Many times, women are like, some women are like that. They ultimately they will let go, but they need the moment to express the anger, then cool down. But the man is trying to cut it short by saying that. So it's like, see, let me let me flow, let the thing come out, and then let it go. So that's how you are, that's how he is. And thank God for 20 years you've been <laughs> so so honestly, you just have to leave it like that. Maybe a bit more of understanding on the two parts. So maybe you should just accept that okay, my wife does not easily for like me i can easily just okay it's over but for her and so it has to be amen if there is a financial constraint at home and the woman is earning handsomely so she helps the husband in paying bills now the man is stable but he still wants the woman to continue paying the major bills what can be done to correct they should talk about it it should be corrected as soon as possible you should ask your wife what she wants to be part of, but don't mandate it. I know that really, somehow, 
is the selfish part of the man that is talking. You know, she's helping you to carry bills. Now you are enjoying it. And now you have money now, but you still want her to continue. No, 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 no. If she wants to, fine. But it's not automatic. I think you should have a discussion about it and let her carry the bill she wants to carry. And don't leave her perpetually with that. Okay? Somebody's raising his hand again. Oh, okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, there was a question you took earlier, but um, I want um, I want not clarity as such, but expansion. Because I've heard of cases where such has led to the separation or breakup of marriages. That's okay. when at the time you started, you were probably academically low, but one partner begins to grow Very and is comfortable person. just growing or developing and leaves the other one that way. Because what happens is that at the end of the day, you outgrow each other. So I would just appreciate if you know, it's a very, it's a very important, very powerful. I've seen that many times. Now, you know that there are two things. Somebody, in some cases, it is possible that no matter how well-educated the man is, he doesn't leave her, he's not ashamed of her, even though it will be tough. But I've seen some men that they are high up there, very refined, and then the woman like that. And I've seen some women, very refined, very wonderful, but the man is not exactly like that. And there will be tension, no doubt about that. Imagine a, a man and a woman married. Um, in fact, I've seen this breaking relationship. Relationships have experienced a kind of. I've seen people. Uh, I've seen relationship crashing because of this. Before SSC, this guy was the boyfriend. They were friends, the same fellowship on the streets in their house in the Salek, in the Karekiti somewhere. Now the guy writes jam, he comes to you, I or you like. By the time he's going back home, everything has changed. It's now an undergrad, it's now an university student. But see, the girl is still on the street like a typical, now their mentalities are no more the same. So in marriage, the best thing is that once one partner, one party, one pa- one party, someone, in the, someone, someone in the marriage is moving, the other person has to move. Otherwise, it will become an unequal yoke. So they will be unequally yoked together. Amen. Imagine you have a spouse that you are too sure that once the person opens his mouth, bullets will fall. <laughs> it can be very embarrassing. I mean, you, are, you go somewhere and so it can be very difficult. So what people will do is to be sure that together you are growing up. To, together you are growing up and you are learning together. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that is not a reason to leave someone behind. You understand? That's not a reason. Love covered it all. But they, in love, they should tell the person that, please, you two step up. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. In marriage, how are we to tell our spouse when we're giving our parents money? For example, my mom just calls me and she needs a very little amount of money. How am I to tell my husband about it before I give my mother? Okay. Marriages are not the same. It depends on the relationship between you and your husband. For me, for me, I don't care whatever my wife gives anybody or I do. It's none of my business. She, man, she, she works in a bank, so she sees my account. If I give someone money, she knows. But me, I don't care about whatever she gives. She, 
she, as long as she's not compelling me to give anybody. If she collects her salary and she decides to do whatever, those things don't bother me. So it depends on the relationship. In some other case, some people want to, not because they want is whereby together they give to their parents. If that's the arrangement, then they give to these parents here, they give to these parents here, they do that. So if, it, if that's an arrangement, somebody goes behind to give, it looks like a trick. You understand? So that's why relationships are not the same. But normally, that a woman is sending money to her parents shouldn't be the problem of the man. Um, what, where this counts is in many cases some couples are struggling. So they put money together and they look for a part of it to send to this family here, their family here. In that case, if you have insufficient money and you are managing and you have an agreement, okay, the total income of this family is 200000 every month and every month we send 10000 to your parents and 10000 to my parents. And then somebody now goes behind to pull another tent out to say it might create a bit of uh, argument, and so that, that's, that's the exception. Otherwise, how do you deal with a cheating spouse? This is serious. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. The Bible says to forgive. <laughs> cheating, they were cheating, not the one who, cheating means the person is doing it regularly. Or from time to time. You might have to sit down and confront the person and talk about it. If it doesn't change, see, you're already married to the person. You have two things. I'll be very objective. You can choose to leave the marriage or you can choose to stay, forgive, and pray and obey. See, just that when you pray, you don't know how long it will take God. Not God. Take the person to make the necessary adjustment. It is very painful when somebody is cheating on you, really. I hope you have authority, the person, I hope you have authority in your life that you can report to. I think it's a, it, that's better where they can call the two of you and address the situation, really. Forever till tomorrow, some men will always cheat on their wife. It's painful. I feel bad when good ladies marry such men. I always believe that a cheating man should marry a cheating woman. So they call it balance of terror. So you do your own and then no, nobody's, nobody's at, at disadvantage. So I mean, that's way to be resolved very quickly. If you go this way, she goes this way. When you come back, you can talk. But when somebody is cheating and you leave the other person there, you're just doing your own. It's, it's very, it's unfair. So, um, you pray for the person. You discuss it. I won't just brush everything under prayer. You discuss it. And if it's not changing, report him to people. I hope you are married to someone who has somebody whose voice he honors and he respects. If he doesn't have, that's the problem in the first place. Your husband must have somebody that when you call the name that will not report to you, you should be afraid. It is true. A man should not be the final authority by himself. It shouldn't be. Amen. Hallelujah. There are people, if they tell me, there are people who can tell me that, okay, you know what? Don't preach for the next two years. Sit down. Every pastor needs somebody who can. When we don't have it, we have a body like we have now that is scattered. That pastors, people do whatever they feel like doing and nobody. It should be even if the pastor is misbehaving, the leaders of the church will have somebody they can go and report him to who can call him and say, you know what, for the next six months, I don't want to see you on pulpit. And he will not dare come near pulpit again. And they will be checking as he repented before they give him the chance again. So it must be, it's necessary to have authority over your life. There must be authority over a man. When will Pastor Abigail teach all the women about marriage and relationships, something like marriage talk for all women? She will do that. She's somewhere, so you can ask her after the meeting. She will tell you when she will do that. It will be wonderful. It will be wonderful.
She will do that. Amen. Hallelujah. If, if, the person that wrote this question, just ask her. She's somewhere around. Maybe you fix a date and then you fix. Honestly, no, you can fix a time. She can come for a meeting Sunday evening and teach, which, which will be wonderful. I'm sure she will bless people mightily. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, good, good evening, Pastor. Yes, sir. Um, myself and Bimbo, we're about eight years now. Yes, sir. And um, she's the only one that could have married me. Uh, I see it every time because I'm not easy at all. <laughs> Even the way you are talking. Yes. <laughs> you but, are not sounding easy yes. at all. Okay. Because um, the, the woman says something that I think is just close to ours. Okay. For fine. me, if um, I'm, not about, about, I'm not happy about something, Bimbo is quick to say, oh, sorry, Emma Binusa. She's already kneeling, you know, and she gets oh, me she, with that. She kneels down. Yeah, Bimbo, she does that. She's just amazing. I don't know how she wow. does it. Wow. You know, she's amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but, but my issue is not even the sorry. So I say, Bimbo, I'm not for the sorry. I know you are sorry, but let us discuss what the, matters, the matter is. Tell me why you did this and did. Bimbo, she's saying sorry. I said, Bimbo, first, sorry. <laughs> let us talk about what it is so that tomorrow it will not happen again. So maybe, I'm not sure if that's a case. Maybe, you know, that time to really discuss it and when sorry is sorry and we understand what sorry means. Number one. Number two, um, you know, when I married her, I said I would try my best possible to just be the best husband, provide everything for her. And I I saw that um, God has helped us throughout the years. But I also now saw that Bimbo um, became very relaxed. So Bimbo doesn't even know about the dues we pay in church, what ministers pay. She's just, I just do everything. So I just told her, was it last week, babe? About last week, I said... Oh, she's there? Yeah, Bim's there. Ah, I okay. <laughs> so I just said to her that I think, because the question, there was a question I said about a husband, no, the wife... Um, Sending money yes, to her. Yes, so I said, yeah. Bim's, I need to also bring you up to speed to what is happening. So even today, I went to meet her in our department. I said, Bimbo, we have a deal of um, 2000 to pay. Go and pay for us, please. Because I know we have other dues to pay. The idea is just to ensure that, you know, she, she knows what it is. It's not because it's hard for me to pay it, but I also needed to bring her up to speed. So it's easier for the family to have a focus on what um, mm. it should be. Now, mm. lastly, Pastor, I saw that, I thought I was calm. But recently, I saw that I, I, I started shouting. <laughs> so I said in church, um, one of the couples meeting as well, that I started shouting, you know, because when I say, Mashi, Mashi, you, you do, you do, the next thing is I'm, I'm raising my voice up. I know it's not good, Pastor, but um, tell me the better way to do it. <laughs> I like this man. <laughs> well, the, let me start with the second one. The aspect of asking her to pay part of the bill, if she's okay with it, fine, fine. It's okay. The, at least it gives a sense of responsibility to the two parties and I'm glad that you said you have the money, but you just, want, you just wanted her, the one that happened to you, you wanted her to participate, and she did. I'm sure she did today. Wonderful. Amen. But it must be something that you both discuss further with her on that one. Uh, for the first one about um, when somebody says, uh, sorry, we should discuss. Conversing together, it's always wonderful. Sometimes, really, the, the dangerous thing about quick sorry is the fact that it does not give an opportunity for us to know what led to the mistake in the first place 
to avoid it another day. And remember that saying sorry does not mean the person will not do the same thing again. So sometimes it's better that, okay, sorry, fine. But why did this happen? And then let, let, there should be, I support communication that exposes the reason for the problem so that it can be solved better. Okay? So the third one about shouting or raising your voice. I thank God you know it now. Then you just have to deal with it. Amen? I cannot give a formula to say this is what you go by. But once you have identified the fact that naturally, yeah, you are getting older, really. And more, I, I know you are, I think you are, Brother Stephen, you are probably having more responsibilities in your church. More responsibilities in your church. And sometimes when you have things going out of you here and there, it's like your emotion is beginning to, because you're, you are running bankrupt emotionally. When a man is running bankrupt emotionally, he becomes more aggressive. That is why the first thing they have discovered is that a lot of men, some of the men will be there, while they do so when things are not working properly. You can see a very kind man beginning to behave in a funny way when he loses his job and everything is down. Once he feels that, once they call him from the house, he has 100K and he has pulled out 50,000 and he has 50 left and the wife says that, they say, he will just say, hey, well, what is it? Somehow, when your bank, and when your bank is running dry, you become more ag- aggressive. But when there is an overflow, you are more peaceful. Most likely, for instance, and just look at it from a natural point of view, say, if somebody gives you one billion today, you will notice that you will be nicer that day. Some things that can annoy you will not annoy you that day. You will easily forgive. Neighbors are passing. You are saying good morning, free of charge. Hey, hey. <laughs> you, know, you are just lifted. See, so, um, watch your emotion. Watch things around you. Begin to cut back from things that you give yourself too, too much to. Things that you give yourself too much to. You have to. Let me, I, I will tell you one practical thing that I do. Sometimes because I like praying in the middle of the night, if something happens early in the morning and I've not been able to sleep very well, I try my best deliberately to avoid picking calls. Because I might not answer the way I ought to answer. And as a pastor, somebody might be calling who is in a terrible situation. And when you say something, you might just shoot them finally. So I avoid. So at times, I put my phone on silent. I put it down. When I'm here in the office, at times I sit outside there praying without my phone. They all know. Just to avoid talking. So I might not talk for a long time until I have prayed very well, listened to messages, and I am happy. Then I talk. It's very important. So we must be sure that too many things are not going, you know. I started telling people lately now that when I finish preaching, they should meet some other people for counseling. Because also when you are tired, you, tell, you, have it, you understand what I'm saying? So all these things, it can be a kind of emotional reaction. Now we should just block those leakages. Where am, I, where am I channeling my energy to that is making me to guide the residual jealously and become aggressive in what I do? So you must guide against those things. They will help. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, let me take the sister before. Mm, okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor, I would like to know um, when God created the woman and created the man, and when he instituted marriage, who did he put in charge concerning um, paying of bills? No, what I'm asking, <laughs> what I'm asking is this. Okay. And the brother said, he felt the wife was too comfortable 
And yes. so my first question is, who did God actually say pay the bills? Okay. That's one. Yes, ma'am. And number two, like the brother said, he said um, he, the wife was too comfortable and he, want, he wanted her to be more responsible and he says pay part of the bill. Now, that's what I'm asking you. Who is supposed to pay the bill, one? Yes, and if I say I do not want to pay any bills, is, it, is, is, is there a is problem it, with or, it? Yes, ma'am. Very good question. Let's start with the first one. God didn't say anybody should pay the bill. God did not talk about bill. <laughs> In Genesis 1, you will not see Bill there. There was, there was no Bill. So, I wish there was Bill. So, we would have known. It's, uh, it's not... Let's... Um, who is the provider in the house? It is the man. No doubt about that. Can the woman assist? Definitely. Can they share it? Definitely. But whose primary responsibility is? It is the man. So, what we know is this. A good woman will not say, I'm not if the husband says, I need your help, and she can offer the help, she will. But for a man to say compulsorily, you have to be part of, might not be, yes. So primarily, a man is in charge of providing. The Bible says, if any man provide not for his own, especially, provide not for his own, especially for his own household, is worse than an infidel. He has denied the faith. But can the woman assist? Yes. So, yes, yes, she can assist. So, it's primarily the man's responsibility. He said he wants her to grow into some things. <laughs> Sister, I hope, you are, I hope your wife is comfortable with it. Are you growing into it? <laughs> Thank you for helping him. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me go to uh, Mr. Fakolade. Good afternoon, church. Yes, My question is this. Uh, and in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, you say, Submit one to another. And Bible also says somewhere that's love one another. So now, then in, your, in today's uh, message, say, husband, love your wife. Wife, submit. Now it's like, uh, so my question is to what extent should the man love? I mean, now, I mean, earlier I said that, said that love one another. That is, I should love and she should love back. Then it now separating now that I should love now and then she should submit. Then I have the feeling that I hurt to submit to her. I mean, sometimes too, I do submit to her in some instances. Then sometimes I don't submit at all. That this is what we must do. So my question is: To what extent must she love, and to what extent must I submit? So what? You. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you are supposed to love unconditionally. Okay, like what the question my sister over there asked. We have the primary assignments that God has given to a man in marriage is to love. The one is given to the woman is to submit. So, love primarily applies to you. Even though the Bible also says some, uh, love one another. Now, that love one another is for the church generally. But this is talking about marriage. In marriage, the man demonstrates unconditional love. In marriage, the woman demonstrates unconditional submission. But then, in Christian community, they both love everybody and they submit to everybody. But you also submit to one another. That means it's not every time that you dictate that your wife goes, if I, a good man does not dictate. You know, there's a difference between a leader and a ruler. A leader influences, a ruler forces. And that's the difference between the two. When a man is a leader, your wife will follow you what you are doing willingly. Leadership is such a powerful thing that even when you are not there, they are doing it. For instance, if your kids are doing something and they live under your day, 
get out of the house, they go to school and they stop doing it. You were forcing it on them. You were not, they were never influenced. When you influence people, if you see people have been influenced, even when their parents are not there, there's a way they fold bed sheets. There's a way they do. They, those things have come to stay. It has become what they believe in, not what their parents ask them to do. And those things, they stay with people. So, that's it. Amen. So, to what extent? Unconditionally. The Bible tells you the extent, as Christ loves the church. That's the extent. And the extent of our submission is as the church submits to Christ. That is the extent. So, check Christ. How does he love the church? Amen. Hallelujah. I'll take two more and then we'll close. We can go. Yes, sir. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, my question is, um, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, recent thing that happened, the BBC scandal about um, some university lecturers. Okay. Now, I'm not more interested in the what happened, but I wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think husband and wives can learn Mm. Um, okay, I have this belief, which is, they call it in psychology, the phases of perception. Yeah. Experience, interpretation, then we emotionally react. Okay, so, and then we have, so you can link it to everything that's happening, that whole thing. What I want to get from you is, what is the learning that husband and wife, when we see the subtle things, and then we can how do you think we should undo those kind of things when they happen? Yes, sir. Thank you. Very, 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 very powerful question. The first thing, sir, is this. I want to say this, and I, I wanted to get me that I, I mean no harm to our, our sisters uh, in the body of Christ. Actually, some, many of Christian sisters, maybe I will say personal statistics, up to 60% of women generally, you make it difficult for your husband to even tell you the truth when his heart is beginning to jail for someone. Marriage should be in such a way that it is wrong for your husband's heart to race after somebody. It is wrong. But as wrong as it is, sometimes it's a process. Nothing has started yet, but it's beginning to get close to another lady and thinking about her. Are you open enough? And will you, are you, are you, can you, have you given him a free atmosphere that he can tell you without being afraid of the consequences. Because at the infant states of sin developing in, in, in a man's life, honestly speaking, his wife can help him to uproot it if he opens up to her. But the issue with many men is that they usually wonder if they open up to their wife, will she not really use it against them, and that will end the marriage. So I believe that, especially for a man who has not strayed yet, but steps are beginning to be taken towards that area. Is the woman, are you really, uh, can you help him? If he tells you, and that is what is going on, can a man be free enough to say to you as his wife, that you know what, anytime I look at that lady in the next house, I get turned on, and you will not fry him, or send him to early grave. If some men should tell their wives that he's in trouble forever, forever he will pay for the sin, but you see, him telling you means that he notices something coming up. He doesn't want to go that way. And he feels you are the only one that can help. And he's saying this. Instead of some, some of our sisters who pray with the person and be like, oh, I'm, I thank God you've not done it. You are telling me, okay, 
let's just pray and then let's talk. What is but then they get angry. They are they are wondering. The question they ask is, hey, so I'm not finding enough. So that is the beginning, actually. That is the beginning. Now, also what couples can learn from this is the fact that I will say this to men: be sincere and be honest. If you notice that somehow, now I, I think I started talking about this earlier. To be very honest, men are not the same. This is what I say. So when we get before the throne of God, we will discover that people judge some people, and we all like to judge based on. So there are different types of sins in that sense. Or let me use the word: people are prone to different types of temptations. Now there are some womanizers; they will never touch a money that does not belong to them. They are in an office, but they cannot embezzle. They will never. But there are some guys. Women is not their problem, but put them where their money, where there's money. Now there are some guys. Money and women that's not their problem, but pride. Have you seen what I'm talking about? So people as they as as arrogant. Whereas somebody humanizes a lot, but it's very easy for him to say sorry to apologize. Somebody does not humanize, but the kind of pride that lives in him, he would rather die than to say sorry. So the one that has the problem of pride will be wondering that he has slept with another girl again. Hey, hey, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. Now, you are looking at somebody's weak points. All of us can look at the cross, and Jesus can take away. Actually, he has taken it away when you understand it to be a reality in your life. Those weaknesses. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, now, I said that to say that we safeguard against, because I learned that the lecturer involved pastors in church, or at least one of the pastors in the and the church has actually suspended, or it wasn't because they suspended him now. Now, the whole idea is that people can be coming to church and there are things going on in their soul, and they don't talk. I once shared in this church, and I said, I'm some people woke up to me. The day a brother told me that one time, you know, he's married and one day he just saw a lady, somebody in this church, they got close and they were talking. And one day, you know, he just gave her a kiss and he felt bad. Maybe a peck, but he felt bad that, no, no, I shouldn't be doing this. I said, now, it's how many years till now? Nothing of such has happened. Because immediately he did. He felt he just told another person, that, ah, no, no, no. See, I was with that lady outside there and I gave her a peck. I just feel that this is wrong. This is wrong. Because he talked about it, immediately the seed was uprooted. But see, people die in silence. They keep it, they keep it, they are sinking, they keep it, they are sinking, they keep it, and then one day. That's why every man should have friends that you are accountable to, that you are very close to, that you can tell as it is. That you know what, look at that, my female secretary. When I look at her corpse now, something happens to me. It's just a matter of time. Well, guys, help me, otherwise you will hear that I'm done. People like that will be helped. Chances are that most likely will not do such. But the one that comes out is worshiping with all of you. like, ah, everything is fine. It's fine. No problem. That one, I'm not even thinking about it. If I don't see her, when I see her, I just see cross on her head and, you know, I don't see. So, you know, they, when people pray like that, then they get into trouble. So, those are the things we can learn from the fact there should be openness. There should be sincerity. We should talk. Anybody that knows he has a problem in that sense should open up to someone you consider trustworthy enough and then say, this is it, and then, if, we are, if we are doing that, well, that's part of what the church is, Bible says, confess your fault one to another, pray for one another, you may be healed. So there are weaknesses here and there, but as people expose them, they become strong. Hallelujah. How, you know, you know, um, you know honestly, I, I don't say this to, in a negative way, I don't say, 
This will cause people, it causes me to be to fear. Anointing doesn't stop sin. No. Roboliadon. And it will stop God from working with you. Roboliadon saw Jesus at age eight. And he wrote, I saw heaven. It was the highest seller in America. I know many of you have never heard it. You wonder why you are not hearing of Roboliadon again. He went into homosexuality. Who would have thought a young boy that was... He, he, he didn't see a vision. He was translated to heaven. His grandmother were from very strong holiness church. All his life, they brought him up in holiness church. They were always praying. And one day he was in his room and Jesus started visiting. And then one day he was taken on a journey. Even secular TV in America confirmed his story that eight-year-old boy visited heaven. But the same eight-year-old boy, homosexuality. What is the connection? One of the people speaking against gay people in America lately was just found having sex with another man in his office. And gay people, have, they are showing that video now, right now, and they are putting it all over. What does the Bible say? He that thinketh is standard. When they tell me, when any man tells me that pastor have done this or somebody says something, that's why you won't hear me join them on public to criticize another pastor and be running your mouth. As a matter of fact, when you start talking, you are opening up yourself to the same thing. Anytime you hear of a fall of a Christian brother, if you fall on your news and pray, you are made it more difficult for yourself to fall. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's very true. Once you pray, they tell you something happened in your friend's marriage, and the marriage is catching, and you are on your news praying for that marriage. You are sowing a seed to make it difficult for your marriage to break. But when you become a judge, I know this one, and you start analyzing it, and you start talking. That's why I've warned a few friends of mine on Facebook. I've seen excesses in church. I tell you, but be careful. Be careful. Must you talk? When you talk too much, it mostly means that you don't pray. Those who pray don't talk. They just start praying. They just start praying. They don't talk. I think you, you heard me say that in the, in, the church, in the morning. That one day this church will build that commercial facility. This church will build hospital. And be, my vision that will bring secondary school, local government, every local government in Nigeria... And the secondary school, the least will be better than the best school. That's my dream. And it will be open to Christian and Muslim, and it will be absolutely free. I honor those who have built universities. I don't start by saying that hey, they are collecting money. I thank God for that. Somebody has shown us that it can be done. What have I done that I'm, I talk, I'm talking? Now, people of the world are very funny. You are telling somebody that you should spend his money. A pastor is talking, I said, Redeem should be building this and build that. And I asked the pastor, Sorry, sir. You that you are pleasing God, how come God has not committed sorry to you? You are a fool. Dangote should do this, he should do that. Dangote was born by an angel. He came as a man like yourself. Why are you not Dangote? The best way to show what to do with money is to make it and do it. Simple. People will go on Facebook and be talking. This one, they start talking. They have this one, they have this one, they have this one. I know what I will never do as a pastor to be different from people. But it's a personal decision that, Lord, help me. Then I will do this and this and this. That's all. I will, not, I will not answer for anybody before God. I will answer for myself. If you think the poor are not being held by the rich people in this world, become rich and let's see what you are doing. Otherwise, we don't even trust you. And anybody can talk when you are poor. Ah, yes, ah, yes, ah, see, ah, a car of, ah, they bought Lamborghini, 100 million. Why are they wasting money like this? How many poor people? Your own 50,000. How much do you give to the poor out of it? Why don't you become the one that has that 100 million and give it out? Then you have mouth to talk. Did you get that? 
uh -huh, don't talk about other. I don't even talk about which other musicians. I don't. Once there's a news about a musician, a popular person, I don't talk about it. I don't dabble into it. People are so jobless that they talk about everything and start making opinion. Once a celebrity falls, everybody starts talking. Everybody has an opinion. And it makes them feel good. Some of the people talking about that lecturer, I was reading the old stuff. Some people have done more terrible things. And they are on Facebook talking. All the young girls who have been disvaging, raped early in life, who did that to them? Some other guys. And these are the same guys who are talking. When whatever happened with the church in Abuja happened, you remember that day? People were talking then. I, one or two, one, somebody talked on Facebook and a friend took him up that, that one just put his secrets up. But boy, you did this. He shut down the page. <laughs> you know, be well, man, these are very funny. Somebody just had the hot romance with somebody in the office. I need to record just come and say, ah, he did ah, why well, that man who said, and then everybody's talking. So, what we can learn from that openness in marriage, openness. You will do well when you get your husband and your wife to be close to people that he or she is accountable to. It's important. It will help. So that things are not happening in silence. Things are happening to people and they are not talking. We should be able to talk. We should be able to talk. Amen. If the pressure is getting so much and you are tempted to touch money that does not belong to you in the office, you should have somebody you should be able to tell that the way things are going. I am tempted. I am tempted. What is going on? What's going on? I'm thinking about it. And then somebody says that, you know what, it's just for a time. Don't touch any money that does not belong to you. Don't. Just don't. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Are we true? Okay. You <laughs> Good evening, sir. Short one, and she wants us, and that, that's all. We just share the grace and go. Okay. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh, do you think it's okay to disclose... Um a spouse uh, medical report to your family or to your siblings? Ah, that's a tough one. That depends on the two of you. But you see, what I've discovered is this. Medical report said, is it okay to discuss your spouse's medical report with your family? What I've discovered is this. When some people wanted to get married in the church, Mimi and her husband, me, the husband's mom came and she was telling me, she's in four square, she's in marriage committee. And she was like, when couples cover things, for instance, said they've had people Okay for counseling in four square. They've had a child. The guy and the lady will agree. Maybe the lady has had a child and now they want to marry. She has, she has a child for someone else. They will both agree that they would lie to the counselor that because they were asking in the form, have you had a child before? Ah, no, 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 no. He said they have discovered that almost all, at the end of the day, that same secret is what will destroy the marriage. Somebody will just walk in one day and like, there's something they are not telling you when they are breaking up. Now, when there's a problem, they will not start talking. Everybody will start talking. So the same thing, for instance, now, if a woman wants to marry a man who has had a child before, tell your family, it's your word, it's you. Yeah, there might be all proud, people might talk, but you see, the truth you have said, you have said. That's all. You've told them, now they know you have a son. But you see, if you don't tell them, somehow, because of what Jesus said, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Life has a way of somehow, somehow, a friend will get to know. They now tell, you, you are now in a serious problem now. And then your father is asking that, so your husband, this one, uh, so, you, so why didn't you tell us? Will now be the question, why didn't you tell us? I remember a very wonderful wedding that was about to take place. And the girl, she used to do a restaurant in school. She had slept with the guy's uncle before. And the first time they met, the uncle, she went to see the uncle. She didn't say anything. The uncle didn't say anything. 
And then towards the marriage time, the, the wedding day, the uncle decided to talk and told the guy. And the guy just kept saying, why didn't you tell me? that I love him now without forgiving you. But I just refused to tell me. Now, whether I would have or not, I don't know. But he said I would have. If he's your man, he will stay with anything you tell him. That's the truth. If he's your man, if he's your man, if you tell a man about something you've been through and he says he's living, then in the first place, if that's a good test to know, if you tell a woman and you say that because that means so, if it's a medical report, I think your family will always be there for you. It's necessary to let your family know. Oh, the woman I want to marry, she says, yes, I'm also yes. We just believe God will take care of us. Or the girl I want to marry, you know, she, uh, she's had. One day I was, I was talking to a girl who wanted to marry a lady I used to know who was, I mean, she was top-notch in the world out there. She had done all sorts. And I did not want to say anything to the guy because it's not my mind my, my, my to say. But the guy went to a defense who was just a, he had not seen the word. <laughs> so I just, asked, I just asked him one question. When they both sat, I said, Hope, you guys have talked and you've discussed. Immediately got my point. He just smiled. And I said, Pastor, there's nothing she has done that she did not tell me. I am fine. I said, you are a man. God bless you. So we both understood the code. Yeah. That I said, Pastor, I know what you are not saying because I will never expose anybody. He said, but sincerely, I understand very well. He said, he said it doesn't mean anything. My own coming from a clean family, he said, just by the grace of not that I too didn't want to do things. just never, I, God just allowed me not to go that way. So I should be compassionate and say, she's the one I love and I want to marry. And it's wonderful when you see something like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Praise God. Tell the person they should discuss with the family. I think it's necessary. They might select a few people, not everybody. At least maybe the father or the mother. Just a few people. Because also you don't tell everybody your things. Otherwise, you, you'll fry yourself. But if you know somebody you are comfortable with in the family that you can tell, tell the person they can tell that person. It might be necessary. Somebody you are very comfortable with, they might tell the person... Imagine how does a guy say they are telling you not to marry a lady? They hate her because she's from another tribe or whatever. And that lady is telling you that I have no womb. <laughs> when you go and tell them at home that, uh, see, she's from the tribe you don't like, uh, also one more thing, she does the, ah, she says, they will tell you that that's the end. But you see, yes, how do we train our children? How do we raise them? That's uh, a message on its own. Well, not today. That's an entire mess. Okay, you want to add something to that? Yes, I want to ask a question. You know, sometimes you, the mother, you think what the child has done. You don't need to shout at the child. You just need to talk to the child. There are some situations whereby you talk to them. They're very, very intelligent in this dispensation. But the husband would think we need to, like, you know, tap the fanny of the child with two fingers or three fingers. There are sometimes the way he handles it. You're not comfortable with it. Are you supposed to talk while he's spanking the child? Are you supposed to give him some kind of attitude? Or are you supposed to calm down and wait for the time that the children are out of your sight and you let him know that the way he's done it is not proper? Definitely you have to go with the third option. Yeah. If the woman is the one that is strict... Most when children are growing up, women are more strict. Sixty percent of the beatings they come from mothers. I said this in the office one day. Lady beside me told me that, Pastor, you no matter what you say, I will beat them when they are growing up. I said, you're already preparing to do that. 
And for me, honestly, I don't like people beating children around me. I just don't like in my in my house. If I say David, stay there, he might stay and he might not stay. If the if the mom says stay there, it's one command. <laughs> Last week they came to the office himself and the, and Chris and they were running around the table. I said, you guys are scattering my office, so go to children's church, and they they just did as if I didn't see anything. So I just said, oh, David, mom is coming now. They just carried their book <laughs> and left. So I'm like, oh, so me, my name is not <laughs> strong enough to hear what you I said, well, thank God, at least there's someone that can <laughs> instill the fear in you, but I'm not that kind of person. And she doesn't beat them like that, too, but it's just that she can be a little tough when talking to them. She doesn't really beat them. We don't really beat them. But if she says this, they know that she's serious about it. I think they just believe I'm a pastor. So I think it, that I see it in their eyes. They just believe that I, I'm a pastor. My son is so convinced that if I say I will be too, I will not do it. That I don't mean it. So he seemed to have that belief, and it is settled in him. Oh, David, I'm not laughing, and he will start laughing. I will say something that will make me laugh. So I'm <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I think we've come to the end of today's session. Hope you've had, a, you've had a good time. I pray that your own will stand in the love of God Amen. and in the power of the Holy Spirit. When people come to your house, they will feel like getting married. Amen. Relatives will never come to settle fights. When they come, they come to an atmosphere of peace. And I pray for all couples here. May the Lord prosper the works of your hand. May you never be broke once. In the name of Jesus Christ, let it be that financially you are standing. Emotionally you are okay. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.